is a country beyond that which is known to humankind. A stray country. A country that exists west of October. Whose borders are somewhere between midnight train whistles and the distant hell of a dog. A country that lies somewhere in the stitched and jittering static between radio stations. A country that drifts to America like a traveling salesman. But every now and then stops to nest on a small town. A small church. A single street. And maybe, just maybe, some kind of delayed radio broadcast you've stuffed in your ears. Chapter 45 The Machine in the Garden It shambled on the puppet master wind, like a marionette riding high on thirty-three strings, coming for the house, tumbling down the street like a bullet down a gum barrel. And yes, it had been a mistake, hadn't it? To build streets like this so wide and open and empty, the plastic sacks could run them like bullets. Coming for the house. Not stuck on straight trees, not held up by prickly bush, not deterred by rock or crag or hill, or all the landscape as the natives have left it, but smoothed out by English immigrants, patted down by Finns, level set by Germans, and finished by the French. Now there was nothing to stop the sack. It ran for the house, riding on the night wind like a crow. Waltzing the insane gust like a ripped-up dime novel. Pissing and hissing into the night. A rain of static and fuzz. Lunatic signals and dog whistles. It's not gonna stop. Jack yelled. It's not afraid. Billy hollered. But the old man watched. Waited to see if the sack would break on the farmhouse like a tide. It should. Shouldn't it? This shit storm of garbage, all the terrible mathematics of the modern world, would break on the farmhouse walls. It must. It couldn't contend with the pastoral ideal, right? Couldn't infiltrate this house built before plastic sacks. Can't entertain this spear built by a papa's hands, not by contracted mercenaries. The sack can't get in. Never had before, couldn't now. It didn't matter if the press board Potemkin palaces had risen like weeds around the farmhouse. Didn't matter that all the farmland had been drawn and quartered and divided up like pieces of eight to plant Levittown's seedlings. Didn't matter that the farmland didn't grow fruits or vegetables anymore, but correlated children fed a steady diet of MTV and Billboard Top 100 cassette singles and McDonald's cheeseburgers and clothing passed out by mass market retailers. Didn't matter. This house came before all that. People had fallen in love inside this house. The floorboards were salted with people's years. Memories of real people stuck in the corners with all the stubborn dust. This house did not say it all like serial killers with straight faces and smiles. 
No, not like the neighbors. Not like the cardboard cut-out houses inhabited by paper doll people. The borderline between home and slaughterhouse may have disappeared sometime after the war, but this home came first. This home predated the slaughterhouses picking up and moving to the suburbs, and all those terrible dollhouses may have signified the dead weight of the carousel future crushing the fledgling generation, but this home came first. The suburbs may be a nightmare everyone was sharing, but this home was not part of the suburbs, was surrounded by suburbs, but was not part. The sack smacked against the window. The boys fell back. The old man stepped back. The sack sizzled against the glass like an egg frying in a pan. The old man watched in disbelief. His cigarette fell from his lips but no one saw it fall. How oh, was all he could say. How oh, he tried to say. My how. How. How could it touch the house? That sack started leaking for the corner of the window, like it knew how to open windows, had been made in a similar factory, seen the process, could fiddle windows like a violinist. Reached with some appendage bellowed long by the night wind for the corner. Jack could not talk. Billy could not cry. The janitor could not understand. But how? But how? How could it touch the house? Like an amoeba smashed between a microscopic slide, the sack took shape. And the arm, if you could call it an arm, had reached the corner, found a crack, was slipping inside, and then what? Pull itself through, reach over, and open the window, who could say, never having seen, but it didn't matter. In 33 seconds, the sack would be inside the farmhouse. Where do we go? Billy cried. There's nowhere to go, Jack said. We gotta run, Jack. Where? Into the howl outside? Out of the city? Down the interstate? They'll never work. We've seen sacks all along the highway. Out into the boonies. And what? Die in three days? We don't know how to farm, or hunt, or dig a well, even if we knew how to find one. We can't run from the modern world, Billy. Because we are the modern world. Anywhere. Billy bled. Billy. Jack put his hand on his brother's shoulders. There's no one to run. Your brother's right, the janitor said. The sack had a squawking hand inside the house, hammering on the air like a preacher's clenched fist. Billy was crying. Jack to beat some comfort trying, and the janitor took to dying, drew a cigarette from his pack like a gunslinger. Flicked a match off his belt and husked his lungs full of good old-fashioned stick of dynamite. The cigarette hummed like a factory. The man's lungs strummed like a guitar. He blew smoke towards the window and the sack halfway through. Said, his voice extra gravelly, As goes the grave. So goes a man.
What the hell's that mean? Jack cried aloud. Betty can't follow us past dead. The boys blinked. Straight country, it scribbled and scratched up by me. The shallow tide of sound is done up by my brother. Come back to the country. Bring a friend. Shout about it from the steeples. Shotgun your voice to the bar reaches of your phone. Ties and offerings can be proffered on my Patreon. Find directions at Street Country. Dot com. See you in the country.